Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hi, welcome to episode 12 of the Toward Light podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about wise speech. Wise speech is threaded throughout the Buddha's teachings. It's one of the path factors on the Noble Eightfold Path. It's talked about as one of the precepts, one of the training rules for lay people. It's mentioned in the Satipatthana Sutta and the teaching on mindfulness. I think the Buddha highlighted speech because that's how we connect with one another. So it's really important that we look at how we're using our speech, how we're communicating with one another. There are so many ways that we communicate these days, in person, on the phone, via text, email, online, commenting on things. There are so many different ways that we're connecting, sometimes verbally, sometimes non-verbally. So it's an important area to place our attention and look at how are we communicating and are we causing harm? Or are we creating peace with our language, with our words, with our communication? With this path factor of wise speech, the Buddha talks about types of speech to refrain from and types of speech to cultivate. So I'll be talking about those. And then at the end, I'll give some scenarios and some examples of ways that we could maybe try on some wise speech. We're asked to refrain from false speech, harsh speech, gossip, and idle chatter. False speech lying. And that can look like a lot of different things, right? So when somebody says to me, I don't believe the coronavirus exists, that feels like a lie, right? Like that feels like they're sharing false information. But at the same time, they're saying that they feel it doesn't exist. So that's honest, right? That's their perspective. Or what about when somebody says something to you like, oh, I love that shirt. And you know, they're not being truthful. There are overt lies, there are subtle lies, there are lies that we do out of convenience or protection. There are ways we lie to ourselves. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that when we're talking about speech, the other way we use speech is internally in our own heads. So if there are moments when you're telling yourself, I'm really bad at this, when actually you're not, that's another way that you're being false to yourself, that you're practicing false speech. Harsh speech, again, it's a range, right? For some people, hearing a swear word is harsh speech. For other people, if they're using a swear word as as an exclamation, it really depends on the tone. So much of harsh speech, I think, depends on the tone. Is there a flavor of judgment? My tendency with harsh speech, it's more in the written world in the written realm, is that I will be too short or terse. It comes across as being very harsh because I'm not kind of softening any sort of blow. I'm just very overly blunt and direct. That's really a place that harsh speech can come up is around text, email, when we don't have the inflection, when we don't have the ability to color it with the tone of our voice and our facial expressions we can really get into trouble and our speech can be interpreted as maybe harsher than we meant it to be. We're also asked to refrain from gossip. So not being direct, talking around people, talking about people, not meeting things head on. This can be tricky because we like to connect around other people. We like to talk about 
who people are and what they're doing. And so we need to look at the line between wholesome, supportive speech and gossip. Gossip often carries a flavor of judgment, and gossip sometimes doesn't have all the facts. If it's not something that you're experiencing firsthand and you're passing it on, that's probably gossip. We saw some friends last week, and afterwards we're talking about our experience that we had in the room with them. That's not gossip. If we got into judging them, or if we started talking about things that they said about other people, that's when we get into that realm of gossip. The final aspect of speech we're asked to refrain from is idle chatter. And I feel like probably 75% of what I do on the internet is idle chatter. The Buddha taught 2,600 years ago, so I don't think he was imagining Facebook. But what he was really talking about is using speech only when necessary, so allowing there to be silence. And so when we're typing something, we can ask the question, like, is this idle? Am I doing this to kind of fill the space, or is this what I want to do? If we're in a social setting and it gets silent, notice. Do you start to chatter to fill the space? That's such a cultural norm, I feel, that I grew up with, is that too much silence is uncomfortable or not polite. And so add in some small talk. And the Buddha is saying that's not necessary. You can leave the space. You can leave the silence. And actually, by keeping silent, maybe something more useful will emerge. I was in a meeting last weekend and somebody was sharing that they read somewhere or heard somewhere that it takes about six seconds for a question to land before people can truly formulate a response. So notice when you're asked a question, how quickly do you jump in to speak or do you let it settle for a second so that the answer comes not from an idle chit-chat place but from a real true place of wisdom? We're refraining from false or harsh speech. We're refraining from gossip. We're refraining from idle chatter. So what are we doing? What are we asked to do with our speech? We're asked to cultivate speech that is honest, kind, timely, and useful. Honest, so from the heart, true to us, and also factual. So in order for us to be honest, we need to truly know our own hearts and minds. We need to truly know and understand how we feel. If you know me, you know I'm, I'm now covered in tattoos. Many, many years ago, I said to somebody that I would never get a tattoo. And that wasn't honest. That wasn't how I really felt. I said that because I thought that that's what other people wanted to hear. It wasn't that I was intentionally being lying or trying to cause harm. But there was a part of me that didn't connect in with my true heart that wasn't able to speak my truth. So if you notice that you're not able to speak your truth, that's the first step is is what's blocking you. What is blocking you from being honest? This other side of this, this factual piece, especially on the internet, we can find a cool meme or find a cool piece of data or whatever and want to share it. It's very, very important to look at where is that coming from? Who has created that? Where did they get this number? We have learned that facts can be manipulated, right? So we need to be extra discerning if we're trying to advocate for anti-racism, for defunding the police, for enhanced voting rights, for reallocation of educational money, whatever we're fighting for. 
we're only going to be able to do that if we're coming from a place of truth. If people can feel the truth in our hearts and not be able to refute our numbers, our data, our information, that is going to give us a good foundation to communicate what we need to communicate. Kindness with our speech. So there's this underlying quality of offering this communication in the hopes of bettering ourselves, those around us, our communities, the world. We're looking to add to, not take away. The example I gave earlier of when I email and I just kind of share what I need to share without putting in any words of kindness or any connection that becomes problematic. If I am sending an email that says, I don't like this new plan that you're implementing, that's not going to land very well. But if I begin the email by saying, hey, thanks so much. I'm noticing that you've put a lot of work into this new idea and I have some questions about that or I have another suggestion. And then ending the email with, again, I really appreciate how hard you've been working and I would love to be a part of how this unfolds or whatever the thing is, noticing that we can bring kindness to any interaction. Timely, so at the correct moment. This means for whoever we're communicating with. So it starts with me, right? Like I know that after, let's be honest, four o'clock in the afternoon, I am not as articulate as I would like to be. So if I need to have a really big conversation with somebody, I need to see, is this the right time? Am I going to be able to access the words I want to access? Or should I wait till the morning? And then what about the other person? Let's say I want to communicate in the morning and they're not a morning person. That's not the right time. They're not going to be receptive. So can I wait? The example I often use too is when somebody is intoxicated, that's not the moment to talk to them about sobriety. So knowing when is the right time. And then is this useful? Again, is this going to lead to some sort of growth or harmony or peace? Or is there some aspect of just filling the space? Or is there a lack of equanimity? Equanimity reminds us that there are limits to how much we can affect others, that we can continue to practice non-harming and work towards peace but that each being has their own path. And so sometimes when we're speaking, we're trying to change another being or influence them in some way, which that's not useful. If we're trying to offer something from a place of open-heartedness, that's useful. But if we're trying to push our beliefs onto somebody else, that's not necessarily useful. So we're cultivating this speech that is honest, kind, timely, and useful. I'm going to give a few scenarios that have happened to me or people in my life in the last few weeks and talk about how to apply this rubric. So you're on Instagram, maybe on somebody else's post, someone has commented, someone that you don't know has commented, I don't see color. Is this the person to engage with? Is this the moment to engage with this? Probably not, mostly because it's not going to be useful. You don't know this person, you don't understand enough about their conditioning to know how you could communicate in a way that could help them understand why the phrase, I don't see color, is quite problematic. But let's say that you've posted something about anti-racism and someone that you do know comments, I don't see color. What's a way that you could communicate 
from a place of honesty, kindness, timeliness, and usefulness, that could be clear. That could be an example of wise speech. First of all, maybe taking it out of the comment section. It's not useful always if you're putting somebody on blast in a public forum. So whether you DM them or call them and say, hey, I heard you say that you don't see color, and I'm wondering if you'd be open to some feedback. And if they say yes, then you can proceed. If they say no, they're not going to be receptive, so it's not going to be a useful conversation. And so when we're refuting this statement, I don't see color, something that I could say from a place of honesty and kindness is, I know that when I am walking in my community, there's no way I can't see the color of people's skin. So when I say I don't see color, I'm actually negating my true experience. I'm actually not being true. And what I am learning is when I do see color, when I see people's full experience, then I am able to connect better, to understand better. But when I pretend something that is visibly true is not true, that doesn't serve anybody. That doesn't serve me because then I can't truly connect. So that's an example of maybe something I would say if somebody that I cared about and knew, said, I don't see color, and I wanted to share with them my experience. So notice it's coming from my heart. It's coming from my reality and hopefully sparking something in the other person and coming from a place of kindness. What about the scenario where you're in close proximity to somebody and they're not wearing a mask? when people aren't wearing a mask, I notice myself getting very agitated. So sometimes I can't say anything because I can't come from a place of kindness. I'm just pissed. Okay. So then I I know it's better for me to keep silent. It's better for me to walk the other side of the street or whatever. But if I'm in a scenario where I am settled enough in my body It's okay to say, hi, there's a ordinance in the city. Can you please wear your mask? It's simple. It's direct. It's coming from a place of kindness. It's timely and it's useful. Maybe they didn't know. Again, only from a place of settled open-heartedness can we truly communicate this. If I come from a place of anger or frustration or annoyance, it's not going to land well. The final example I'll give is when We need to apologize for something. How can we do that in a way that is honest, kind, timely, and useful? I was in a scenario where I snapped at somebody one night, and the next morning I went to them, and I said, I'm really sorry that I snapped specifically at you. I was frustrated with the bigger scenario and was hoping for more peace in that moment, and I'm very sorry that I snapped at you. If I had left it there, it would have landed. It did land. She said, thank you. And she was receptive because I was being honest. I was coming from a place of kindness. I really didn't want to be causing harm. It was timely. It was right after the event. And it was useful because I was owning my part in it. Unfortunately, I did keep talking and started to justify myself. And I could watch her face shut down. It was no longer a useful apology because I was taking the responsibility off myself because I was trying to justify my behavior. 
So when we're apologizing to somebody, when we're asking for forgiveness, it's really important to remember to keep it simple, to keep it honest from our heart, and to make sure that it's useful. There's no point in apologizing if it's not coming from a true, loving place. Those are just a few examples of ways we can use wise speech. So before you speak, taking a beat and noticing Is this honest? Is this kind? Is this timely? Is this useful? Is this how I want to be communicating, connecting right now? Is this leading towards peace? Or is this going to cause harm? You don't want to silence yourself too much, right? Like no matter how hard we try, we're still going to cause harm with our speech. It's just going to happen. So you don't want to mute yourself, but you also want to try as much as possible to bring this honesty and kindness and usefulness and timeliness to what you say, to how you connect. May we all find ways to be wise and careful with our speech. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.